Welcome to the Sex, Money, and Real Estate Podcast, the show for real estate couples about how to close more deals in the bedroom. My name is Nancy Jamison. And I'm Bill Jamison. And each week we deep dive into juicy, intentional, sexy conversations, sharing with you what it takes to create balance in your intimate relationships and your real estate business. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. What's happening? Oh, you know, just uh, just another day in Atlanta here and, and uh, podcasting and all the things beautiful. How are you doing today? I am awesome. I'm even more awesome because our great friend is here, Faye Sykes. Yes. Yes, Oh, hello, is. hello. Awesome. Well, who is Faye? Faye is our financial guru, mastermind, uh, extraordinary investor for us and our family well planner investor planner planner, planner. wealth manager wealth manager there you go uh how long have we known faye for uh a decade we've been we've been working with faye for probably a decade yeah at this point i would say right probably i mean gosh feels like no matter you know even not it feels like it right yeah i know it's uh it's wonderful it's wonderful Awesome. So what we know about Faye is that she is a native of uh, Wisconsin and moved to Georgia in 2003. She's also a graduate of Syracuse University and has been working in the financial industry for over 20 years, helping people navigate the complex world of investments. As a holistic planner, she reviews, and by the way, I love that holistic planner. She reviews your entire financial junk drawer and helps you not only clean it up, but see the missing areas that you may need to address. Uh, Faye Sykes, Scarlet Oak Financial Services, our wealth manager. Whoop, whoop. Yep. Whoop, whoop. And Faye- just, just a ki- quick editorial note. Faye's website is Scarlet Oaks FS. Scarlet Oak, no S after Oaks. Oh, got it. Sorry. It's okay. Scarlet Oak. Scarlet Oak FS dot com. com. Yes. Perfect. Yes. Well, and what's your email address? It's F Sykes, F S Y K E S, at Scarlet Oak. And Scarlet has one T, scarletoakfs.com. Awesome. Cool. cool. We'll put all that in the show notes so you all are clear on this. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, as you know, everybody, we like to start off every episode with magic. And so we define magic as the ability to influence ourselves, others, and life in an empowering way. Because you can certainly influence life and others and yourselves in a disempowering way. We like to definitely focus and highlight the empowering ways. So what, uh, what do you have to share today, love? I'm going to share about our son, Lucas, today. He had been hearing some conversation around uh, the healing of not only fasting, but dry fasting. And so he chose to dry fast for 34 hours. Mm-hmm. No water, no food, and uh, just hung out and uh, went, went through the experience. And I just as a reminder, Luke is 12 and uh, made this decision on his own and we supported it and it was really really cool you know he went through it very powerfully he uh you know he got a little emotional here and there as he was detoxing and and uh you know just going through the experience and Mm -hmm. and he stuck with it and broke fast with just a few sips of water the next day and then uh a couple hours later a little bit of cereal and reintegrated and and it was uh it was really it was i I was totally inspired by him Mm -hmm. for sure So I asked him what his intention was, and he said his intention was to live a healthier lifestyle. 
Yeah. And then, you know, I guess the following up magic to that is that he, uh, he's gone vegetarian this week as well. So, yeah. 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 So it's, uh, it's really inspiring. I appreciate the, uh, the courage and the wherewithal to take on new things. So awesome. My, uh, my magic is that on the, it's actually on the topic of Faye and, you know, we, we, as we've talked about before, we are debt free and we have a little bit of cash socked away. And, uh, in this experience of COVID and everything, we've, we, uh, again, we're blessed to have that six month savings fund. And, and so clearly there is a lot of volatility in the market. And so we just, we actually just funded our investments for 2019 right before the whole COVID thing hit with our IRAs and opened up some Roth IRA um, and 401k accounts. And so then I said, you know what, we need to, uh, let's take advantage of this market. We've, mm -hmm. We haven't uh, necessarily been in this beautiful position before. And so we literally said, okay, we have $10,000. So go to town, Faye. <clears throat> what do you want to do with it? And uh, so through some definite you know, expertise and guidance and research and all different things. We, we came up with this plan and, you know, so the boys have some really cool stocks that they wanted to invest in. And then we invested, you know, in the money that, or the funds that we wanted to invest in or the stocks that we wanted to invest in. And it was just really a blessing. So I personally wanted to say thank you to you. I mean, we trusted you implicitly and uh, it's just really exciting to have this conversation here because where we came from, you know, eight years ago, nine years ago, 10 years ago is yeah. vastly different mm -hmm. <laughs> than where we are now. And it's really fun to have this conversation now. Yeah, And you stuck with us, Faye, you know, I mean, there was through the whole planning phase and just, you know, I mean, there was a point where there was really not a whole lot going on, but yet you just kept, you know, you kept us on track and helped us put some money aside here and there, even mm -hmm. though we weren't necessarily investing and kept us focused on, on the bigger picture. Yeah. So yeah, deep, deep appreciation and gratitude yeah. for that. Yes, absolutely. Definitely integral in the maturation of our relationship with money. So we really appreciate that. Oh, Thank that's you. wonderful. You guys are welcome. <laughs> Very excited about it. Yes. Awesome. Uh, Faye, is there anything you'd like to share as far as <clears throat> magic, how you influenced self, others, or life? Um, well, it's interesting, you know, what you guys have brought up about sort of that process. You know, I find, and I've worked with a lot of different people over the years. Obviously, I've been doing this for a while. And it always gets me so excited when I have somebody that had a bunch of debt or wasn't in a great situation or their credit score wasn't good. And then all of a sudden through some hard work, you know, it wasn't, that part's not magic. You actually have to do the work and, right. and yeah, be yeah, yeah. thoughtful about it. But to see the smile and, you know, I, I, I'll just share one quick story. I had a woman who probably eight, 10, 12 years ago, single mom was, had actually a coaching business, mm. uh, you know, and it was more of a grief grief life coach, and just wasn't really um, financially where she wanted to be. She had no emergency savings, this and that. We actually got her to start saving $40 a month. And most okay. people would yeah. think like, what the heck is that going to do? Sure. But eight months later, she needed new breaks, and she called me crying, but a happy cry, because she had the cash mm -hmm. to pay for it versus having to go to a credit card. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, I've just got story after story, but being a holistic planner, 
to me, it really is the whole plan. And, you know, until you've got the emergency savings, you haven't really earned the right. And, you know, I don't know if that's the right word, but it's kind of like, you know, until you have the basics like life insurance and emergency savings, you really shouldn't invest in the market because that money is not flexible or, you know, as easy to access as other stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's That's beautiful. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Yeah. That's awesome. Beauty. All right. So we, um, let's see, we are talking about weathering the pandemic storm today and how that impacts your credit and your home, really. So Absolutely. So, yeah, what's top of mind for you, Faye? Yeah, well, um, you know, it's interesting. So first of all, I want to talk about interest rates. I actually personally just refinanced my home last week. And I only bought my place back in June of 2019, but at the time I had, and just for full disclosure, I got a 4.125 and my own personal mortgage, mortgage company came back to me and uh, refinanced me down to 3.125, okay. which Great. is going to save me like a hundred and over a little over $180 a month. Yeah. That's that amazing. Is, that's huge. And, you know, math wise, it's going to be like over $70,000 over the course <laughs> of the mortgage. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, kind of one of my things that... I'd like to share with people is one is if you've got anything over a 4% interest rate on your house, um, I've still run into people with six, seven, eight, ten. Yeah. You know, sometimes if people you don't have had, you know, maybe when you purchased the house, you didn't have the best credit. Right now, interest rates are so low mm-hmm. that um there's some really good opportunity to at least check it out. I had checked with outside mortgage folks. And, you know, with the closing costs, it just wasn't going to be financially feasible. But working with my current mortgage lender, they actually covered all the closing costts. Nice. That's fantastic. Great. So, yeah. So what would you do with the extra money, Faye? Would you actually, you know, that you're not paying on your mortgage now, would you put it into back into the market? Or would you put it, would you essentially keep your mortgage payment the same as you were making? So you could maybe pay it off more quickly? Well, Bill, that's an awesome question. So there's really, we look at it from three different perspectives. Okay. One is, do you have enough emergency savings? Okay. If you don't have enough emergency savings, I'd actually prefer not to have extra money go to a house until we get the emergency savings. Because if you don't have enough emergency savings, what do most people have to go to in emergency? Yeah, credit, credit card. card yeah. Credit card, yeah. which equals, you know, and a lot of credit cards might be 14 or 28 yeah, 20, or 32%. Yeah. Uh, at a 20%, so for those of you that don't know or have heard, if anybody has heard of compounding interest <laughs> or the rule of 72, yes. very exciting stuff. Uh, We'll keep this short, but actually this is probably one of the most important things that I could ever share with anybody when it comes to finances. The rule of 72 is you take an interest rate and divide it by 72. So if you have a 10% interest rate divided into 7.2, either somebody else, you know, if you owe money, they're going to double their money every 7.2 years. But if you have an investment that's making 10%, you double your money every 7.2 years. Yes. So at a 28% interest rate on a credit card, that credit card company is doubling their money every 2.3, 2.4 years. Wow. Yikes. Yeah, yikes is right. Yikes. Woo. Woo, woo. 
Okay. So that's awesome. yeah, yeah, that's a lot. So so one would be if there's enough emergency savings, then we look at what other debts might be. So okay. if there's let's say credit cards at a twenty eight percent interest rate or little cards like a Home Depot or Lowe's or what have you, it's kind of nice to actually nip out those mm-hmm. because you know, a house has definitely some, and you guys can speak more on this, what the average appreciation of a home is. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it would be best to get the, you know, emergency savings, get off the debt. Then when you kind of have that secure is to basically pay some extra. And if you pay one extra payment a year to your mortgage, so let's just say your mortgage is 1200 bucks a year, you pay 1300 a month, you will pay on average your house off eight to 12 years earlier Mm. Than the 30 year. That's mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah. And then just to back up for your emergency savings, what are you, what are you recommending? Like what's the emergency part? This, well, I'm not talking about the six month savings plan. Yeah. Like, what's your emergency? Well, I think at least having a thousand dollars is really helpful because that yep. can get through a lot of binds. Yep. But for W2 employees, we typically look at three to six months of living expenses. Okay. This isn't what your paycheck is. So let's say somebody could have a paycheck of five grand, but their living expenses are actually twenty five hundred. Okay. We're using that twenty five hundred number. Okay. Okay. For self employed people that have up and down income where yep. it's not mm-hmm. um, consistent. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, that would be twelve uh, six to twelve months. Okay. Of living expenses. Of living expenses would be the ideal. But as you guys know, working with me for a long time, Rome wasn't built in a day. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. It so, takes a, it's a process. Yeah. So having the, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying something is better than nothing. So. Exactly. Yeah. So the thousand is good, yeah. but the end game is that three to six months or six to 12 months. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay, cool. Cool. I appreciate the Avenger reference too. <laughs> end game. Hashtag <laughs> end game. Thank you. You are welcome on that. Awesome. Well, right. and- you know, so just to kind of give people an idea on the refinance part. So if you've got a mortgage on, let's say, a $250,000 house at a 4% interest rate, that would be about $1,200 a month plus uh, tax, insurance, maybe an HOA. Sure. Um, you know, and making an extra 200 you know, I did a little calculation ahead of time, but doing a little extra 285 a month would shave 10 full years off that and save somebody over $60,000 worth of interest. Yeah, that's definitely. It's yes. very doable. A 250, let's say somebody refinanced or had a 3% interest rate, instead of 1200 a month that'd be about 1050 a month and basically, you know, kind of that 285, 295 a month extra would still shave off 10 years and would mm. save about 43,000 of interest. Mm-hmm. Oof. Yep. So that's little bits. That's very important. Mm-hmm. A yeah, lot. little little bits make a big difference. That's yeah. really what I'm hearing yeah. you say. And that's definitely yeah. the conversation that we're having as we're making our connecting phone calls with our peeps. Like it's it is you know about the refinance conversation because you know you can save a lot of money and it's not a whole lot of hassle to do. Yeah, yeah. It's I actually was uh, down visiting my sister in Florida, and a mobile notary came to her house, and I did my closing remotely. (laughs) That's fantastic. There you go. Okay, cool. (laughs) On the beach with a cocktail in your hand. Um, Allegedly. (laughs) Allegedly. Allegedly. That's funny. That's funny. Awesome. Okay, so uh, we're hearing a lot of forbearance. 
conversation to forbear or not forbear. <laughs> yeah. And that is because, you know, the forbearance can be amazing mm. or it could be very not amazing. Mm-hmm. And it really depends on your mortgage company. Okay. Some forbearance, um, and I've had some clients that have had this where they had a forbearance or they did not have payments for, let's say, three months, and it was tacked onto the end of the mortgage <laughs> those three months. Yeah. But other mortgage companies, after the 90 days or three months, yeah. it's a balloon payment. Yeah. So if you had, let's say, a $2,000 a month payment, all of a sudden mm-hmm. you still might not be employed or might be in a financial bind, and all of a sudden you owe $6,000 then otherwise you're out of terms with your mortgage. Right. And then they'll call the note. Yeah. And then they'll call the note. And, you know, what we don't want to see is 2008, 2009 with a, yes. a lot of people short selling and foreclosing, yeah. Yeah. which yeah. would be kind of our next sort of topic is on the credit scores and how those kind of things affect. But it's, you know, you really need to get details from your lender mm-hmm. right. to see how that's going to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, and get it in writing. Get oh, absolutely, hundred percent in writing. Call them and have them you have them literally mail you like the documents and the terms of the forbearance before you say yes to anything. I mean, hundred percent percent of the time you have to sign over that that document anyway. But yet, make sure that you really fine tune fine tooth comb that thing because that's that's happened to our friends of ours. Yeah, they went through the forbearance process and then it, it was a balloon payment. Like they originally talked about like loan modification, if you will, or like modifying it to where they would add it to the end of the loan. And then when they got the papers, it was like, nope, you got to pay the balloon payment all yeah. at once. And they were like, well, if we had known it was going to work like this, yeah. we just we would have worked harder to make our payments along the way yeah. instead of to uh, you know defer it. Yeah, and not pay right because right. now now they're playing catch up and they haven't gotten right, <laughs> the forbearance. Right. So. Oh, absolutely. Anyway. And it yeah, it just can put people in a bad bind when they least. You know, they couldn't plan for it and might have spent the money on other stuff. Right. Right. So, you know, the, the so it's like if you look at the forbearance and it's not an option and money's not coming in, not everybody's really had the ease of getting unemployment. Not everybody's gotten the PPP, which really isn't for personal expenses anyway. It's Correct. for business. Yeah. Um, you know, the next thing what, you know, I really talk to clients about is selling the house you know, and as, you know, if this continues on in a more economic dire way, Mm -hmm. you know, the thing is that you might be at later on, you might be competing against short sales and foreclosures. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Which is always, um, an interesting time in real estate for sure. You know, I mean, cause you now, cause now you're not just working with um, you know, for, as a real estate agent, you're not just working with regular, you know, retail type of deals, but now you're trying to negotiate with banks. And that's mm-hmm. always, uh, that always th- makes things a little bit more interesting. Sure. Repairs, yeah, the, uh, appraisal process. the appraisal process, yeah. all of it. It's, uh, yeah, very challenging. We've done that before. Mm-hmm. Well, and also the, uh, price wise for selling your house, Yes. Oh yeah. you know, yeah. the competition where if you're just trying to get top dollar, we're shifting into more of a buyer's market mm-hmm. than a seller's market that we've been in. How long were we in a seller's market for? Yeah. I mean, we, since geez, 2011, I yeah, think we really came out of it. 12, I mean, it's yeah. been a long time. We yeah. are well overdue. Well overdue. Well overdue. So, you know, that's one of my things I'm telling my clients again is, 
if you have any thought of selling, mm. you might want to consider it now mm-hmm. because in another six, eight, 12 months, we don't know exactly what's going to happen around yeah. the COVID. Yeah. You might get top dollar now, but down the line, you might be in competition with other people you don't want to be in competition for. Yes. Yes, that I mean, and you know, you know, there's no crystal ball, and you know, you never really know that you're at the top of the market until you're you're on the other side right, of the hill. Until you're looking right. back up, right? Going, oh, I missed it. Yep. Damn it. Yep. We're, oh. we've had that experience. Yeah. We yeah, we missed it the first time around back in '07. We were like, oh. Well, I uh, I went through a divorce, so I my ex husband and I bought a house. And uh, we ended up having to short sale because mm-hmm. we didn't want to have the house anymore. And, you know, uh, it was about $140,000 less than what we paid for. Oh, wow. Short sale. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and the thing is, I think it's super important to talk about credit. Okay. Um, you know, when, when you think about credit, it affects your ability to buy a house it affects the interest rates on that house, interest rates on credit cards. What people don't really think about a lot of times is that your credit score also affects your car insurance premiums, yes. life insurance premiums, because yeah. it talks about how risky you are, which sure. people don't really think about. Um, I've seen it. I've seen it with um, people have talked about their credit score as it relates to getting a cell phone service too, where like if you know they they would pay different rates or different prices because of the risk they were because of their credit score. Absolutely, I mean, you have no idea how much your credit score can affect other things. It yeah. it really affects everything. Yeah. Uh, but just you know, for a short sale, that can knock immediately about a hundred hundred and sixty points off your credit score. Mm. So a 700 all of a sudden is 600 or 550 or 540. Right. That all this, yeah, you're, you're out for quite a while. Um, you're really looking at about five years. Mm. Um, so again, I personally went through the short sale because of the divorce after five years, you know, it really, it was like that kind of rolled off my credit and I could buy a new house again. Right. Mm -hmm. Got it. A foreclosure can knock as much as 300 points off. So doing a short sale is much more advantageous for your credit score than a foreclosure uh, when you're working with your bank. Is a foreclosure going to stay on for five years or longer? It's a little bit longer. You're probably looking at more like seven to ten. Okay. You know, and it's like if you need to go and buy a car. Like I've had a woman who had a 28% interest rate on a new car. Oh my God. 28%. By the time I got her, she came to me, she only had seven payments left. Oh my gosh. So she had, it was a Lexus SUV. The car was like 50 or 60 grand and she had paid over $85,000 of interest. That is crazy. Oh my God. Craziness. Which comes to my other point. You can refinance your house. You can also refinance yeah, your car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can consult. You can go to like, uh, I love creditcards.com. It's a, com- you know, a credit card comparison kind of okay. aggregate. Cool. But you can do like zero balance transfers and things like that. But there's ways to lower how much you're paying out. You sometimes just have to do a little investigation. Got it. Cool, cool. So... Your 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 credit score is basically comprised of a couple different things. Thirty five percent is payment history, like have you paid any bills late? Um, 
any accounts go to collections? Have you declared bankruptcy? You know, the more issues that you've had, the lower your score. 30% is outstanding debt. Mm, So, you know, I've run into one woman who she had three credit cards that had zero balance and a third one that she put quote everything on, Mm -hmm. but it was like at 98%. Well, it was affecting her credit score because you need to leave more kind of a margin Mm -hmm. from that credit limit versus how much you have on the card. Yeah. So what? So crazy. Yes. So crazy. So we, they wouldn't want to like calculate the limit of all your credit cards, but because she went so high on one on credit one. card. Yep. Yeah. It affects the credit. Wow. Um, you know, the length of your credit history. I've got to, you know, sometimes remind people, let's say you got a credit card back in college or your 20s or 30s. Whatever is your oldest credit card, you never want to shut down. Because if you shut it down and you're, so let's say in 19... 19- 90 you got a card and your next one was 2000 mm-hmm. if you credit cu- cut down that you know shut down that 1990 all of a sudden your credit score goes to the year 2000 right so it cuts out that 10 years of history oh i never knew that okay <laughs> did you know that nance well yeah i listen to Faye. oh okay <laughs> sorry i guess i was napping <laughs> Um, and there's two last ones. 10% is new credit. So if you're like at the store, well, not anybody's really at a store right now, sure. but think of, you know, in general, yeah, Home you Depot, online shopping still, you can do online like and they're like, yeah. apply for the, yeah, the Home Depot off. card and this card, those affect your credit score. Mm-hmm. And it will dip it down temporarily. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just another thing. And last one is the types of credit in use. So 10% in this, so they're looking for a healthy mix, some revolving. Okay. Some installment accounts. Okay. So an installment account would be almost like that cell phone where you've got that 20 bucks a month that you're paying, or let's say it's a dental bill that you're paying 50 bucks a month. Um, I wish your mortgage. Was only twenty dollars. I know. Just saying. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. I know. So you were saying. I'm sorry. But rev- revolving is more like credit card and installments, like mortgage and car. Okay. Cool. So they want to see. They don't want to see it all in one or the other. They like to see a little mix of both. Mm-hmm. Um. So anyway, there's all these different factors that can you know kind of flip over and affect your score. Yeah. Uh. For your specifically for your mortgage, they also look at a couple other things: child support payments, payday loans, public records. Have you had speeding tickets? Have you had, you know, a battery like any kind of criminal stuff? So that's why they wouldn't give me a, a mortgage when I was like seventeen. Yes, sir. Has all the speeding tickets? Yes, sir. Okay, <laughs> and rental payments is another one. If you kind of have a, a a history of skipping out on your last month or two, oh, you know, yeah. that can get reported, which can affect the interest rate that you pay on a mortgage, which can be, if we kind of talk about the 4% versus the 3% on the 250, you know, that's a couple, you know, it's about six, uh, $20,000 differential in hmm. interest. Hmm. It's so fascinating. It's like Everything gets reported. Mm-hmm. Yes. You, know, you, yeah. you can have a history of skipping out on your last month's rent or whatever, you know, or if you're like the person that says, oh, just keep my deposit, but that's not really what it's supposed to go for. And yep. then, and then yeah. you get reported for that. You do that a couple of times that, wow, that's fascinating. It can really affect you. Yeah. 
So credit scores can range from 300 to 850. Mm, okay. Really to get the best credits, you know, for buy, getting a mortgage, you really want to be over like a 720 or 740. And what the mortgage people do is they do an aggregate of the top three reporting, right. you know, places. Yep. And, you know, if you can be over that, you're going to get the best rates. Okay. So I think that's just really important. Yeah. Um, it's obviously just been updated too recently, you know, with everything, because there are folks that aren't even like in that 680 range that are no longer able to even get a mortgage. Any yeah. Longer. So it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely important to keep that number up. Well, and it's like for anybody, you know, cause there are some good deals that should be coming out at some point, mm-hmm. you know, checking on your credit score, obviously working with your, Nancy and Bill, you know, kind of your realtors. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and really getting pre-approval from a mortgage yeah. lender or broker yeah. um, ahead of time is really important. And then I also say for the first-time home buyers, you know, there are multiple costs. And, you know, although I'd bought a house before, it's like, oh, you have the appraisal, the down payment, the closing costs, the moving costs, the utilities set up. Mm-hmm. You know, and the banks want to see two months of mortgages sitting cash in the account. So Mm -hmm. you can't go down to your last penny. So for people that are looking to buy, um, you know, we we can definitely help people understand how much you actually save and do a savings plan for them. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And always, I know we, we recommend a lot to our buyers to, you know, consult with their financial advisor ahead of time anyway, just to make sure that it makes sense. Cause you know, you'll go get, uh, we'll have clients who go and say, oh, hey, well, I'm, I'm qualified for $300,000. And, you know, the they may qualify for $300,000, but that doesn't fit into their financial plan, mm-hmm. you know, and really to a $250,000 house would fit into their financial plan. Mm-hmm. And, and so if you don't have those conversations ahead of time, you know, it may be hard to continue to work on that emergency fund or uh, pay off some things that need to be paid off. And, uh, you know, your, your quote unquote, house broke, you know, mm-hmm. which is, yeah, that's terrible. Well, and right now, if people's incomes have gone down, this might also be a great time to, I call it right sizing, mm-hmm. you know, going, okay. F- okay. going from the super big house to maybe something a little bit more modest, mm. um, you know, and kind of getting all those things put together. And then there's some people that might be retiring mm-hmm. and they might want to relocate somewhere else, but there's, you know, it's just a good opportunity to really look at that credit score, look at what the cash value, what the market might bear, um, you know, so that you have that opportunity to sell and get the maximum amount and not yeah. be sad at the end. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I love that, uh, I love that term, yeah. right-sizing, because you mm-hmm. could do that with so many things. You know, we talked about this on another podcast, mm-hmm. playing red light, green light, where yeah, it's like really expenses. looking at your expenses and, you know, especially all those subscription services and all that. But, you know, right-sizing could be your car, your house. I mean, it could be so many things that you have going on, you have payments going on. So, yeah, yeah totally makes sense. Well, and, and my last little thing is the house should be a max of 20 to 25% of your overall income. Okay. But your, that, your mortgage payment? Mortgage payment okay. or rent. Okay. Yeah. So, but the thing is, as you guys were just mentioning, if you have a lot of debt, if you have a huge car payment, you might need, if you want to really get into a house, let's say, you might need to right size some of these other things sure. to mm-hmm. be able to afford for your long-term goals. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that makes sense. Yep. Awesome. It's amazing. That's a bunch of great information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little amount of time. 
Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, we always try, you know, yeah, I try to keep it as concise and packed with information. Clear. Yeah, we appreciate it. All right. Well, will you tell all of our folks uh, your information again and how they can get in touch with you? What, what's the best way? I mean, social media, which. Absolutely. Well, uh, we're www.scarlet, S C A R L E T O A K F S, scarletoakfs.com. Uh, you can reach me at F Sykes, F S Y K E S, at scarletoakfs.com. And my phone number is 404 354 1039. I do have a um, Scarlet Oak, and actually, I do have a second company, uh, Social Security Benefit Planners. Oh, but yeah. both of them have yeah. a Facebook page, Twitter page, Instagram. Uh, YouTube. Nice. I also do a lot of videos and there things of that nature. So yeah. you can uh, get a lot of information from following us on our different uh, social media. Yeah. Awesome. Well, wow. we appreciate you. The whole team is amazing. Like your, your whole office is amazing. Oh, thank so you. I love them. They're wonderful. It. Yeah. That was great. Awesome. Thank you very much. For, uh, thank you for, for having me. Oh yeah. All right. All for now. Yes. Love goes out. Thank you. See you on the flip side. Bye. Wow, what a show. Thank you so much for listening. If you're inspired, we ask that you share the podcast with one person and subscribe and follow our show. I'm Nancy Jameson. And I'm Bill Jameson. And remember, it's a great life. Woo! (laughs) Quick note about the Sex, Money, and Real Estate podcast. We are not doctors or licensed therapists. We are a joyous, abundant, and mature couple passionately sharing our story of growth around sex, money, and real estate. Our thoughts, opinions, and beliefs are our own, so please consult your doctor, healthcare provider, or your broker regarding any questions or issues you have related to your physical or mental health or specific state laws regarding your real estate business.